more and more people are becoming conscious that we need to live our lives differently for ourselves and for the planet. Feeling the need to reconnect and discover more about our true selves and the world around us. In the House of Essence podcast, we dive into topics that nourish body, mind, soul and the planet. We are Romy and Michelle. And with each episode, we hope to inspire you and guide you on your path to a more conscious and sustainable life. Hello, hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another House of Essence podcast, podcast number 12. (laughs) (laughs) And we're so excited to share this interview with you that we had with Sarai Pannekoek, who is a shamanic practitioner, and she shares all about what shamanism is, the history behind it, the different forms of shamanism. There's so much to share about these ancient wisdoms and... um, yeah, it was just, I love the conversation and uh, I still uh, I still get goosebumps when I think of it. How was it for you, uh, Michelle? Yeah, same, especially um, knowing where she came from as a dietitian, as a scientist, and now that she's so true to her own nature and her own essence. And she speaks about it so beautifully that you, yeah, it's sometimes you think it, you can think it's weird or it's not from how we normally live but actually when you listen to it you know that it is the way we have to live and yeah. I think that's beautiful. I love uh, how Sarai says that for her it felt like coming home mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will feel like that when they listen to this podcast. And a lot of people are longing for to come home in their hearts, in their essence and get out of that mind who's going everywhere and um yeah, I think shamanism is a way to go for for a lot of people. Yeah, and I love as well how Sarai shares that there's so many different forms. We often mm-hmm. think that it's something that came either from South or North America or from Siberia. Um, but yeah. we actually had our own shamans here in Europe and still do. And more and more people are embracing that yeah. path again. And it is so needed to connect more to Mother Earth. But in the podcast, we also talk a lot about the spirit world mm-hmm. and yeah. also about the three layers. Uh, yeah. So the upper world, the middle world and the lower world. And uh, yeah, I just love how Sarai also says, I love to travel to the lower world. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it will all become clear when uh, when you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's really necessary to talk about it more now. I think uh, we can listen now, right? Yeah, let's <laughs> listen to the podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy. shamanism we have three types of worlds so you can go in the upper world the middle worlds or the lower worlds and it doesn't really matter the upper world or the lower world which one you choose because depending on which world you choose you have your own spirit guides waiting for you Uh, but the most profound journey that i made was the one that i did in the program that i'm following at the moment well i'm actually done by now but um due to the virus we cannot meet with everyone together so we miss the initiations we have to like postpone them Mm. but um the most profound journey that i made was the one where we traveled so we journeyed with the whole group towards the the life after this life Mm. so the place where the souls will go to when they're finished here on earth and why that that one was so profound is because my teacher he was drumming but there was also another teaching teacher drumming drumming so both of them were drumming but not uh, simultaneously not together but they would go together and then one would kind of like be more quiet and then you would hear one drum and then the other one would pop up again and so they would come in waves and that made us like travel way deeper 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 and uh, i traveled with the psychopomp um spirits uh, they guided me really to the gate and beyond and the most beautiful thing was also we had to ride kind of like consent that we would come back 
mm. really back to earth because there's like stories out there that when people journey toward that place when you know when you're depressed or in anything that you have into your mind uh, sometimes people can stay there for such a long time because they really don't want to come back and mm. i can see it because it it's been oh that's why i can speak about the death and dying forever because when i hit that point i was like oh yeah this is home I know where we're going mm. to. We don't have to be afraid of dying. We can celebrate. We can really celebrate. And we can celebrate the soul also because the soul is just going home. And we all know that. But it's our mind that really makes up a story that that is something that we should be afraid of. And we cannot die here. And we should extend every life here on earth. Not really looking for quality of life in most cases. Yeah. So for me, that was the most profound journey. And... Yeah, I really, if I could, if, if I tap into that feeling, I, I wish I could, you know, give some of the feeling towards people. Just that, that trust. Yeah, yeah, so the trust, but also the kind of the warm blanket that you can put over yourself. And uh, and I think it really, it was really because of the, the drum that made a really profound difference. And also the place that we we were heading to. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. I'm yeah. already tearing up. Great. Yeah. We just mm. started. Yeah. Uh, but welcome, Sarai. Yes. Thank you welcome for having me. <laughs> yeah. And we're so happy to talk with you about shamanism. Mm. And uh, yeah, we actually already took a deep dive talking <laughs> about the dead. And yeah. But maybe it's nice if you, uh, yeah, tell the listeners a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yes. So my name is Sarai Pannekoek and I am. I'm human. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing, that I'm not an expert in shamanism. I am a shamanic practitioner. And shamanism for me is really coming home to the roots, to from where I come from. It's like a, a reminder in my body, in my soul that, I don't know, um, that's why I'm here on earth. And it feels like I've been doing this for many, many types of years, but also many journeys of my soul. Um, I'm a mother since five months from, <laughs> to my daughter Zoe Faye and I'm married to Paul and um, I'm an entrepreneur and I love creating things. I love helping people and uh, really people helping uh, towards really connecting them more towards them root, the roots that they have, but also the alignment so that they are aligned with their soul's mission and they can, yeah, manifest their life here on earth um guided by well lots of spirits and mm. lots of other teachings um that's what i do mm. and and when was the first time you get in touch with shamanism yeah i think for sh for me i've always been like this high sensitive girl always but mm. i grew up in a very religious christian family so for me like When I was young, I could already see things. I had these imaginary friends already at primary school. I would always talk to. I had this. I, I can still remember me standing there with all my imaginary friends and then the trees. And I was always talking to everything. And um, uh, But there's, all, there's also always been like visitors coming towards me. Mm -hmm. So when people would die, I would hear people. I would see my grandfather sitting on the side of the bed when I was sleeping. But the thing is, because of uh, my Christian roots, I would think that that's the devil. Because mm. you kind of like, well, my parents didn't know either, you know, how to deal with me. But um, that's also how they think, you know, from Christianity. So I could never really talk with people about it, that I see things and I hear. And um, mm. I was, I would, yeah, I was always afraid of that, really afraid. And um, I think my whole journey into shamanism started in Boom, Boom Festival mm -hmm. in 2016 in Portugal. In yeah. Portugal. We, we went there, Paul and I, and the main theme was shamanism. Mm. And for me, I was like, oh, wow, yes, that's my subject. I love this. And hindsight, I would think that I, I visited many uh, healers or practitioners and um It's always been on my mind, but because I was a dietitian and a, a scientist, mm. I always would think like, okay, that's fine. It's not really for me, shamanism. It's okay. Yeah, it's maybe a small part of me. Yeah, but I don't have to. It's not for now. You know, I'm doing my career and all that kind of stuff mm. and elite athletes and stuff like that. And 
when I was at Boom, I met many, many shamans. I did so many journeys. I had so many healings. And for me, there was all gates were like opening up. But it took me two years before I did like a basic course in shamanism. Uh, mainly because I was really focused on elite athletes and you name it. And um, yeah, now here I am as a shamanic practitioner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mentioned that, that you're a shamanic practitioner. What does that mean? What does that entail? Because it's different, of course, from being a shaman. Yeah, so the most important thing is that a shamanic practitioner is um, is not a shaman. It could be a shaman, but it's not always a shaman. And I think the term shaman is is really something that the Western people created. Because if you really look deep into all these tribes, they all have medicine women, medicine men, healers. Yeah. Um, we all call them shamans. But in their culture, it's just a healer. In their culture, it's the, it's the guide of the village. Mm. So here it's like really, uh, I don't know, people are like, oh, you're a shaman and they're admired all kinds of shamans but there you know a shaman in real life a healer in real life in the community has such a big um um responsibility right because that's the one who uh communicates with the spirit world yeah. with the elements the yes yeah. it's a seer and a shamanic practitioner is the one who um knows how to journey into the lower and upper world or the middle worlds who can uh, give many types of healings and really following the traditional Siberian practices most of the time. Mm. Um, you yeah, can also you have different types of yeah, shamanism. Yeah, but the, yeah. if you really look at the traditional way of shamanism, like the word shaman, it really comes from Siberia. And it's mm. really the one that is in ecstatic, ecstatic person that goes in there, in, in that realm. And... Um, but there's a many, if you look at North America, South America, even here in Europe, you have so many different types of shamanic practitioners. But um, we, yeah, it's just a name. It's a kind of a label. But as a shamanic practitioner, I can do soul retrieval, uh, deep possession, curse and revelment, uh, power retrieval, all those really traditional shamanic healing journeys mm. for a client or for a group or, um, yeah. That's that's a little bit what a shamanic practitioner does compared to compared a shaman. To is a shaman because I think I read that somewhere at one point that a shaman is also chosen. Yes, yeah, that's a very big difference. Community. Yeah, the shaman works for a com community, so it's the healer, it's the medicine woman or man that really lives in a community and really is taking care of the ones that are ill or the ones that need guidance, but also looking at. I don't know, the weather and seas, when do we need to harvest? Mm -hmm. Or where are we going with our village? Are we staying here or are we leaving? It's really this, the, the ones that, that guides the, the whole tribe. But it's all, also the one that is often very alone, very on itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it has to communicate with the plants, with the elements, with the wind, with the earth, with everything. So it's kind of like an Doesn't outsider. Doesn't sound that alone to me, but yeah. Yeah, it's I kind of like an, an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a shamanic practitioner is also a healer, but we are not chosen by our community. We, we, we just know we want to follow this path. Mm. And there's many types of shamanic practitioners and you have people that are super committed to the path and others kind of know how to heal, but have other jobs too. And all I think all everything is fine in between. And I think... If you look at the basics of shamanism, I think shamanism is in everyone. Mm. So our connection with nature, our connection with the wind, the earth, the water, we all have that because that's kind of our basic instincts when you look at us, uh, us as human. Yeah. So for me, shamanism is in everyone. And that's why I often hear that people are like, whoa, I love shamanism. I don't know what to do, but I feel I'm being, I'm being pulled towards shamanism. And for me, it's always like, yeah, of course, because it's a remembering. We know how to connect with the spirits. Yes, yeah. we all know it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you because you said shamanism. Yeah, you said shamanism feels like coming home. Mm -hmm. What has it brought you and taught you over these past Two years, you said you're practicing it now? No, it's been four years now. Four years. Yeah, four years. Um, for me, it, it's been super grounding. That's how I come home, really from what we said, out of the head, 
into the heart, into the root. Um, for me, it's it's it it it's, it has brought so much humbleness also, because when you practice shamanism, and because I was preparing this podcast and I was really thinking about if you look at shamans in general, just so healers or medicine men, medicine women, the most powerful healers that I know are the most humble ones also because mm. they're just humble. They're just doing the thing. They're they're kind of like. Of course, they, they need to be aware of their ego sometimes, but in most of the times, they're, they're just normal beings, just doing their thing, just really connected to uh, the roots, but also to spirits and really following that path. They're so committed on doing that. And that's the only way for them to do it. Mm. So for me, it, it, it was, it, yeah, it really got brought me home in some kind of humbleness, just being, just doing what I love to do. Um, helping people, helping their souls, helping, I don't know, entities, traveling home. Yeah, it's a lot of humbleness for me. Hmm. And and also what I feel like coming home is it really brings back to the essence of being human. Yeah. Um, there's no, you know, you can work with your ego. I can be like, oh, I'm a shamanic practitioner. I can do this and this, but I, I got to put the work in it because otherwise it's just like, I don't know, screaming and shouting. But the, the, the biggest change lies in the work, lies in the connection that I have with my spirit guides, with the practice that I, that I practice. Um, yeah. so the commitments and i think that's different because you, you like i do a program two-year program which is very very intense uh we have every time like five days with the whole group no phones allowed only us five days of full packed program and only doing 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 there's no book that we have to read it's just well we have book tips but it's really doing journeying journeying journey every day every day every day and that's how we get all the teachings because the program is just a vehicle for me to develop myself as a healer yeah yeah because it's already inside of you it's already inside of me and i feel yeah. i really feel that connection and for me it took well <laughs> two and a half almost three years to really shed all the layers all the identities really i don't know wiggle myself like out of all these jackets yeah. to really come to the essence of why I am here. And yeah. that's how I feel like I'm home. It's, uh, let me journey. I'm good. Journey, journey, journey. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And then with journeying, you also said, because in essence, it kind of feels like you're a guide for people when you do sessions with them. Yeah. And then you can travel to the lower world, yeah. the upper world yeah. or the middle world. Yeah. Can you share a bit more about what yeah. those worlds actually mean. Yeah. So um, the middle world is the, the world that we live in now. So there we have time and space. So if someone is ill right now, I can journey. So I can journey for people um, that live in the middle world or for a mother or a great, great friend of us. I travel in the middle world to see what does her soul need at this moment because she was very ill. So I travel in the middle world. If I want to get guidance from my spirits, I travel to the upper world or the lower world. And then in both of those worlds, there is no time and space. Mm. So anything can happen. Everything can be seen. Everything can appear. And I have my, my own spirit team in the lower world and in the upper world. And I love to journey more to the lower world. For me, the lower world is really... Um, I think if you put a lot of shamanic practitioners together, we could draw like this big map of the lower world because I'm sure we travel in the same world, like the same kind of mountains that we see, the same kind of fields and the rivers. But I often journey to the lower world and I have the, I have many types of spirits that I work with. Some I do the soul retrieval with, some I do deep possession with or curse and or I have a couple of um spirits that are really there for power or guidance that i if, if, if i have a question i can consult them for it in a way um but sometimes i i give a healing in the spirit world so I, I i bring the soul of the client in the spirit world and i see all my uh, spirits yeah uh, do the healing uh with this person and i think the most important thing is also to remember that it's not me that does the healing. It's uh, I'm the vehicle. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I merge with yeah. my soul retrieval spirit, with my extraction spirit, with my uh, curse and revelment spirit. I merge with them and I, pra- I I know how to merge with that and they kind of take over my body. Uh, not for 100% because then I would go like uh, crazy. <laughs> <All over the laughs> it's not really, yeah, it's not, yeah, I think if I would live in the jungle or if, if, I would, if I wouldn't be like a Western girl, I would merge fully. Mm. But here in the Western world, I think because how we see that it's it's really hard like a lot of clients a lot of people i think most of the people in the western they are afraid to lose control mm. so if i would merge fully I, I i trust my spirits but i know that the client on the table i don't know maybe um yeah will not feel comfortable yeah will not feel comfortable because scared. we're not really used mm. to it but if you look at like the Siberian shamans or any other type of shamans they merge fully and they mm. like the mm. the client just like surrenders like oh it's okay it's working through the yeah. person, yeah. so they work through me. So that's mm. I, I'm being practiced, or I practice how I how to become a hollow bone, so that the spirits can really work through me. Yeah, and with that is are there only your spirits that work for the healing, or also the spirits mm. from that there's client? Money. Yeah, there's yeah. many, many. Like mm. I've I always make sacred space first when the client is there. I do the prayer. I pray out loud so the client knows what kind of. Um, um, helping spirits are in the room or what kind of elements or what kind of power is is in the room uh, but there's many like I've seen elves I've seen other entities I've seen uh, the little uh, the little village people I've seen yeah. trees I've I seen actually so remember many. Yeah. a year ago I was on your table yeah and there were angels the angels me. yeah so many and you said this is the first time I'm actually seeing angels mm. yeah, yeah so you can see it's been a year and i think i've developed like so much in yeah, the past year because sure, yeah. i see now i see uh, star seas i see star mm. families i can i see um yeah we have the kind of the keeper of the soul it's uh, everyone has a keeper of the soul it's like the the blueprint that kind of like keeps the soul like that mm. i work with that one often so that's every every client is yeah. different but I just invite There's them. so many entities then. Huh? So, so many. That we, yeah, so you know, many. just in broad daylight, you don't necessarily yeah. no. see. And, yeah. and sometimes I see like, because I see a lot of humans. So I sometimes I see um, an older man. But how do you, what do you mean with seeing it? Because I can imagine that a lot of people are like, okay, so do you actually see them? Or is it more through in your my third journey, eye? Yeah, or, through, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, it's not that if I look in this world that I can see it literally. Uh, sometimes I do, but then it has to be very dark, and then mm. I can see like mm. uh, spirits, or I see souls that needs to be and that's, they want to be guided to the yeah. next, uh, well, to the the source back. Mm. But um, no, I, I drum, so I, I bring myself in a state of trance, the trance state, and in that state, uh, I can really see my with my third eye, and I can see lots of different entities and. For me, I know um, most of the times I know if there's an entity showing up, um, I know if it's is there because it's bringing power to the room or it has like a specific meaning in the healing. Or if I don't, if I'm not sure, I'll, I'll ask. And sometimes, or well, most of the times, because I have this gift, mm-hmm. uh, it's an, an soul that is just wandering around here mm. and it really wants to go home. And that's why it appears, because it knows that I could see it. And therefore, I, I I do a healing for that soul. In the healing with the client, I do the healing for that soul. So that the soul can go back to source. Oh, wow. So you're doing two healings two at healings. once. Oh, yeah. wow. But it needs to be done because if I don't, and I have, I've seen that soul, it, it would not be okay for me. And I think for not any shaman or any shaman practitioner no. No. to see the soul, ignore it, go back to the client because... That soul is part of the client, and the, yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It, it works better it's for part both of the of, healing than yeah, for yeah. all. If the soul goes home, yeah. yeah. And you talk about the drum. You do mm. you always use the drum for a journey? Yes, I mm. use I use a drum. I use my rattle. Mm-hmm. I have a feather. or two feathers. I use um, the chakapa. It's like a bamboo leaves together. It's like a really fine. Yes, soft sound, mm-hmm. uh, and a shruti box, uh, and I'm practicing my flute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, yeah, so and and a lot it's of like singing. A whole orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it feels feels really like uh, okay. What comes up? What yeah. what, yeah. what the spirit Beautiful, wants? Yeah. How can I fill up the room? And how can I contain it? Mm. Um, and I love singing. So I I sing. I think a year ago I had like a couple of songs, and now I have this whole I don't know 
book in my head with all types of songs and I have the special soul songs that come for the soul, for the mm. client itself. Um, yeah, so it's this whole, I don't know, it's it, it kind of like, <laughs> if I if I just hear me, me saying this out loud, it sounds like a kind of like a party. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's really to really honor the spirits and honor the power that is in the room uh, to really keep the light in. And, and you learn the drum and everything you learn via the course, or um, we did like mm. because you drum like pretty fast to be, to get into the trance state. Mm -hmm. But uh, along the way, I've learned to use my drum more intuitively. So yes. I drum sometimes more louder, sometimes softer, sometimes a different beat. Mm, it's the same with the rattle. I I just it's very intuitive what mm. I do. Yeah, yeah, I think beautiful. most of the things you probably do in the sessions are very intuitive because yeah. I can imagine that people come with a lot of various questions. Yes. Or are there typical questions that come more often? Yeah, I think for now, um, I think for now, most of the people come come to me because they heard a podcast that I was in and they had, a lot of people had to cry with <laughs> that type of podcast. Mm. And um, they just, I, I think how I see it is that their soul is like, you got to go to this woman. She can help us. Mm. <laughs> uh, so the main questions that I got get is, um, I feel not really here. I don't know, something is missing. I'm not really doing what I love to do. Kind of that kind of stuff. Mm. And often it's like soul retrieval or deep possession. But I, I work with spirits. So for me, those types of healings are, yeah, I don't know, are just my thing. Yeah. Um, So I, I I always do that. Nice. <laughs> uh, not always. I I get through what 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 needs to be done, but often it's the, those types of feelings. Mm. Yes. I recognize the whole soul recognition. Yeah. I'm I've been sort of shivering. Yeah. <laughs> the entire recording yeah. so far. So which is fine. Totally. Yeah. Something's Good calling you that. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think also <laughs> what various what is important is that when people. Uh, go to my website and then they book an intake like after the intake i do the homework so i call i call my spirits to, to really check in am i the healer that this person needs to go to right now mm -hmm. and in the past couple of weeks i've had i have to i had to cancel some mm. kind of healings because um when i prepared it it was like no they need to do something else first you're not the person now so for me it's really integrity is very important like If if spirit says no, then it's a no. We don't have to mm. do it. And then I call them and explain what I what the message was that I got. Yeah, true. Hey, and a question that came up just now is: uh, Do you also work with uh, spirit animals? So, yes, yes, I do. It's a big thing, yeah. I think, in shamanism, and or at least it often seems it like seems, it. I think. I think. I think again, humbleness is such a great mm. asset in shamanism. So, for me. I have one spirit animal that I work with. It was my very first spirit that appeared. Yeah. Uh, so spirits, they always appear in something that we can recognize. So for me, it was a fox. Well, okay. But it's still a spirit that I work with, but it appears as a fox. And um, that's the only spirit that I have in animal appearance. Um, yeah, sometimes I get the message in the healing that I can... Um, finish the healing and get the spirit animal for our clients. And then I journey with the client. I, I speak out loud and then we're going to find the spirit animal of the clients. But I think if how I see it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just doing my thing. So I'm not really big on the internet or just like, I don't know, posting a lot of about shamanism or writing, writing articles. Um, how I read it often is that I think that sometimes it's, is made very big spirit animals mm. uh also the approach how people approach it like oh i love a snake that's my spirit animal <laughs> but how i practice it is and how we are being taught how to practice it is just just travel journey and then it will appear you you cannot choose i didn't choose my fox it just mm. appeared as a fox yeah. mm. so for in in that way it's more 
Mm. And it stayed a fox it's, so it's, far. It is well. a fox, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a so fox. it's not that it changed over time. No. Because no. it can be that you have more spirit animals. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. yeah, and some like some people, they, they only travel with, with animals. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know it's... Yeah, it, so it also it might depend on the practitioner as well. Yeah, and yeah. also about the lineage. Because in some mm. lineages, they work more with spirit animals. They have these teachings about it. Mm. They know the meanings behind it. And in some, it's just, it's a spirit. So... It's just that. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm thinking now. I remember when I had the session with you. Uh, I think at the end you told me because there were a lot of things that came up. Yeah. And um, and now, of course, it sounds like you do all the work, and in essence, that is true. But as a client, you also, at least for me, it yeah. felt like I was doing a lot of work as well on the table. But at the same time, it's super relaxing. But I remember that you told me at the end that there um, that there was a little mouse. Yeah, a mouse. Yeah, I was just I had a mouse, and I was. Yeah. I remember that yeah. I thought at first, oh, that's so cute. And then my ego came up like seriously a, a mouse. mouse. Yeah, <laughs> that's but that's with everyone. Animal. That's what's like with Paul. Just I, I wanted to tell the story about Paul. Like I was getting my husband a spirit animal, and it's uh, I don't, I have no clue how you say it in English a buzzard. Hmm. I have no clue how you say it in English. Me but so I came back. I'm like oh, I know what it is. You know what I know? It's a buzzard. And he's like. A buzzard. Uh, and, yeah. uh, no, I don't want that. Go, go back. I, go I want, back. I want something go find bigger. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, you cannot. It's this. It's <laughs> this is it. Why? Just, just take it. Mm. And um, but afterwards, the the buzzard became our family spirits. Um, oh wow. So it, yeah, I have, I have so many magic stories with the with that bird. But it's and a pretty also, bird and a really big one. And in, they're in big the Netherlands. and they're super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they communicate yeah, I can super see well. Paul as a buzzard. Me too. Yeah. So funny that we just keep using the Dutch word as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, people. Yeah, yeah. But so, so, but lots of people are like, "Oh, is it a butterfly? You're sure not a snake or a mm. a wolf? No, it's a butterfly. It's a really pretty one. No, but I want bigger. Yeah. But it's our ego that no, wants to mm. make something yeah. out of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And you have a spirit animal as well. Yeah, I got an owl. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. And on the other end, uh, deer. A deer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they they pop up everywhere, especially the owl. But yeah. seriously, everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, I love it. Where yeah. my <gasps> pet is right, I see an owl in a sign or yeah. in in wood or yeah. Or when know. we had the connect to your essence event. Oh yeah. Um, there was a wine cooler, and there was a bottle of wine there with an owl. What? A, oh wow. Yeah, no joke. So yeah. crazy. It's all like yeah. omens, so you can all you get all these signs like yeah. Connect, connect, yeah. connect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and there's so many different rituals in shamanism. Mm. And I know you took us on a little journey oh, yes. uh, during the Connect to Your Essence event. Can you maybe share a bit more about what you did there? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was <laughs> yes. with a big group of people. Yeah. Well, I got so 30. many messages. I still get a lot of, a lot oh, wow. of messages from people. That's that nice. amazing. It, it really made a difference for a lot of people. So mm. I was I was kind of nervous because it was my first event. Events. Uh, but I knew that I would be fine. I remember you calling me, inviting me, and I'm like, oh, I have to think about it. Yeah, you sure. were doubting, yeah. You're like, no, you know, especially yes. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I still have to think about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so what we did is um, I made space first. So it's really, it's really important to get out of the, the mind, to really become a hollow bone first. So that's why after the talk, we um, we did a yeah, dance, you know, on the beat, just shaking everything out just really become this hollow bone and well we did a seven minute dance uh i always dance for like at least 15 minutes and then do breathing and everything to really really get out of my mind but for now we did seven minutes of dancing and then i did a guided journey towards the low the lower world worlds um and um and so i did the journey with the drum and i guided you know people to a sacred place in nature like a sacred place for every one of them so everyone has his has his own sacred place and um from there it's like okay so ask the question or ask your guide to show up and ask a question you want to ask i think oh no i think the question was what what, what can we do to connect to mother earth i think that was a question yeah the main question and so then and then i kept the space so everyone was journeying by itself and i journeyed i just did the drum drum and i sang a little bit Mm, for maybe 10 minutes i think and then mm-hmm. afterwards 
everyone could sit down, place their hands on the heart, and we did a transfiguration ritual. And that's really a ritual where you really become one with your highest potential, your truest essence, your alignment. Mm. You drop everything and you kind of like vanish in like the in in the light. That's how we work with yeah, and the energy in the in the space was amazing. And yeah, like, there were so many entities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I knew you you said to me, if they're not done, they're done now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because you saw everybody sitting like everyone okay, was super surrender, spacy. Surrender. Yeah, yeah. But they were so spacey because at the end, like I looked everyone in the eye to thank them. And they were I, I could see so many so much gratitude in their eyes mm-hmm. and so much connection. Oh, yeah. I get shivers over. Like, yeah, yeah, they too, were, yeah, for me it was like I've ne- like I've been a, a lecturer on a, a university. Uh, well, that's not how my students look at the end of the class, right? They're like, <laughs> can I go now? But they were all like, oh, thank you. And I could really like it's really soul to soul. You could mm. really see that it it that's really it. had yeah. such a big meaning for every individual over there. Yes. So I think it was magical. It was it such a nice like closing ceremony it was yeah definitely yeah yeah it was and really do you nice. have a favorite ritual a favorite shamanic ritual because there's so many of course yeah there's so many mm. i love working with fire fire mm. for me is uh it's grandfather fire i love fire like fire it's, it's like i'm living now in amsterdam with my husband and my family and we don't have a garden and I want a garden because I want to make a fireplace. Like for me, not being connected with fire is, I miss something. I miss my roots. It's like root. It's, being human means you can make fire because mm, if you cannot true. make fire, you will not survive. No. So yeah. um, so for me, the um, fire ritual to really make a f- big fire and then give all my thoughts and all these emotions to the fire and have this great deep in-depth conversation with grandfather fire i love mm. it and i also love but that i think grandfather that's, fire yeah love grandfather that. fire yeah. yeah um um and i also love sweat lodges Hmm. yeah i just experienced one two weeks ago oh wow for the first how, time how, i was thinking of it now that you set the yeah. fire and I remember being in the hut and thinking of you as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because we were, uh, the stones were being the guided stones, in. Yes. Maybe, it's good. Maybe you can explain what oh. sweat lodge is <laughs> first because we're diving in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected, right? So it for is, me, yeah. the fire and then the sweat lodge, the stones. Yeah, so the sweat lodge is, um, you have like many, many practices. Like we often think that the sweat lodge or the Temascal comes from Mexico, but it's also a sweat lodge in North America. But even here in Europe, you have like traditional where they use sweat lodges so it's on every part of the world that mm. uh, our ancestors used it um, and normally or well no 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 it depends on what tribe you're you're looking at but in many tribes it's only for the men a sweat lodge so because the women they have like their monthly period and that's how we kind of like um, clean our body and the men don't have that and that's why they do the sweat lodges but in other cultures it's men and women but it's um yeah how you can you say it it's like um an area where there's with twigs there's like this frame being built and then with lots and lots of blankets it's being closed down and in the middle of the of the um circle there's this pit and there all the stones can go in but at the beginning, there's not a stone in the hut. No. Not nothing is there. It's I remember just, being so confused as well. It's like, how yeah. is this thing going to heat up then? <laughs> yeah, but there's like this path also. So there's a path from be- the middle of the pit of the sweat lodge, and it goes to the fireplace. And that path is sacred, so you cannot really cross it. Once the fire is on, you cannot cross the path. Hmm. And then you go into the hut, and it's like, if the blankets are like, if the closing um, blanket is like closed, it's black. It's Dark, dark yeah, black. but literally pitch black. It's pitch black yeah. and it's like the womb. That's how it's, you get the feeling of being back in the womb. And once you're back in the womb, you feel like immense, like super, super humble. Humble for everything that is out there and really surrendering to the the pitch black area. Surrendering towards the ground, the grass that you're sitting on, the people that you're connected with in the sweat lodge. And then... The, the gate will open again. You will see the light. You're like, oh yeah, there's the light. Yay. And then the, the stones will come in. Like maybe seven or ten stones every now and then. And every time a stone is brought in by the firemen or firewomen, 
um, you would you will greet the stone. Welcome, um, welcome, ancestor stone. And the stone has been laying for like maybe 10, 12 hours in the fire. So they're like super hot, hot. Like they, they kind of like glow also. They, yeah, they have a fantastic glow. It's like, it's yeah. almost magical. It's magical. It's like they twinkle. Yeah. Mm. And then it, it's being like um, put in the pit, in the pit. And then after seven, the, the gate closes again. And then it's the first rounds. And in a lot of traditions, you have four rounds. And every round has a team. So first is a team. I cannot really... I'm not sure how it goes, but you have a round of uh, gratitude. You have a round of um, prayer. You have a, gra- a round of... Yeah, there's two more. But there's it's like really like building up. But you can imagine the first round is like a little bit hot. And then they sprinkle water on top. The second round is like even more hot because you had like seven new stones, but the old stones are still hot. The third round is more hot. And then the fourth round is shorter compared to the other rounds. But that's the hottest round. But it's not, in the end, it's not not about the hotness. It's about surrendering. Mm. Surrendering towards the earth, towards the womb, towards To all the elements, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how how hot is it gonna be when I it's no the hottest? Clue, I think really, I like I've 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 gone to saunas, but this is this is a different type of hotness because it's really it's like an ancient type of hotness mm-hmm. because it's brought by the stones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's but it's really really hot. But but you can if you if you um, because when I was pregnant, I did many many mm. sweat lodges. So and connecting and, to the womb. Yes, <laughs> for me it was yeah. a really very powerful practice yeah. in in um preparation to labor mm. because for me that was like oh i'm back in the womb i need mm. to surrender f- especially the final round because it's really warm but then you can like put your hands on the earth you can connect with mother earth you can surrender you can pray 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 and that's how you can really go through it and yeah. my my daughter is now five months but i know that within this year she will visit at least one sweat lodge with me and she will not probably not do the, the third and, f- and fourth round but yeah. babies yeah. are the first round babies can easily do that they also say that you're being reborn right when you yes. get out of the sweat yeah. lodge you're like a reborn person yes yeah. it's really like a rebirth because you dropped all the worries and everything that you really want to get rid of and after the sweat lodge you're not really allowed to shower because you're really purified yeah. by all the sweat and yeah. everything mm. that came out yeah. so it's it's uh and yeah i love like sweat fire. Yeah, yeah yeah i love it and then you can sit there you know around the fire and yeah i'm ready for a sweat lodge i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it yeah. but i do want to ask about the stones yes oh yes yes because <laughs> you've said before that the stones are our ancestors yes can you share a bit more yeah so the stones like yeah stones were her first like how earth was you know how we got here like how earth was being developed it's made of the well stones the the earth right so stones were were here very first and so every stone has like wisdom in it um and i know that we often seek the most beautiful stone or the most beautiful crystal but like there's so much wisdom in stones and if we would connect more to stones just really stones that are laying out in nature here, just in the Netherlands, uh, in the park, in the woods. Um, if you would really sit with a stone and you would ask for guidance, it will give you guidance, like mm. cl- spot on. But you have to like see it and just connect with it. Mm. And um, they have so much wisdom in it. Yeah, they. I remember finding that a little difficult in the beginning because yeah. to me a tree feels more alive than yeah. a stone, even yeah. though makes sense to me that a stone is just as alive but just because yes. it doesn't have those roots and yeah. it doesn't necessarily go through these transformations with the seasons or at least not at least not that I've necessarily seen yeah but it, it's been through all that that's yeah. why it's 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 stone now yeah. so there's so much aliveness in the stone because that's why it's stone now mm. it gets yeah. stoned uh, out <laughs> all these all, yeah, all that, yeah like that. all the material is yeah. it's being like that's why it's it's it goes back for like ages and yeah, yeah i love those also those stones who have like different colors and different yeah. kind of material in it yes you there's really a lot of, yeah there's a lot of material in it yeah. yes yeah 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 and with that you really connected with the earth mother earth um and with shamanism you connect back to our roots yeah our home yeah do you feel also with that there's a need to connect more to this 
home. Of yes, us. yes. I think that's why shamanism is now popping up more. Like mm. people are more interested in shamanism. People are more opening up to the spirit world. To mm. like, because we we need to. We're like so all up in our head mm-hmm. all day, every day, and that's not how we humans. Uh, that's not how how we should live. Mm. Like we can. The head and the heart. It needs to be in balance. And I think, especially in the West, we're kind of out of balance. We're super much in our head and we're thinking all the time and thinking we know things. And, and, and But it's really about connecting back to our essence. And I think shamanism is, is such a great gate, right? It's such yeah. a great portal to really dive into what does it mean to really become more humble and more grounded towards connecting with uh, our nature and nature around us connect with our families connect with just a simple life just just the, you know connecting with the wind the wind mm. is always there like i always remind my clients like you can even if you live in a big city because that's often what i hear like yeah i can i cannot connect with nature because i live in uh, downtown uh, amsterdam i'm like well you step out of <laughs> south outside and there's winds and even if, yeah. if the wind is not really blowing hard you can still feel air on your skin so you can yeah. connect you can mm-hmm. connect with trees you can connect with i don't know ants you can connect with everything that is alive yeah and we're so lucky here in the netherlands it rains quite a lot so yeah you always have the water element the there. water <laughs> element yeah, yeah. It, like the, but even the water element like i i always pray for water um mm. just when i wash my hands when i when i'm in the shower you like you cannot go without water so there's you can always connect with water um, so it, it's really coming back to that. And of course the ego and the mind will think something about it. Like, oh, it's crazy to do that, but it's not crazy. Just do it and, you know, give yourself some time. Just do it for, you know, every day, connect to the water for at least two weeks. So what are the messages that you're getting? Right. So yeah. it really needs to. And especially how do you more. feel when you connect more yeah. to these elements. And connect to yourself also, mm-hmm. because I think we forget yeah. that often, mm. the connection with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do to connect to yourself? I breathe. <laughs> I breathe. <laughs> I breathe. Breathing is for me like really, really important. Um, it's really an easy way. It's like this medicine that you always have with you. So I breathe uh, to really connect. And for me, connection is bringing the mind and the heart in balance, right? Mm. Because I'm not really saying that the mind is bad or something, but I think I I often am a little bit, well, much in my head thinking about things. Mm -hmm. So I breathe. um, But if I walk, like I walk with my daughter every day, so I walk outside and I, I connect. Like I give thanks to the trees. I give thanks to the animals that I see. Um... I talk with her telepathically. So that's also a way for me to connect with the essence because she she just got here on earth and she's such a pure um, soul. So I speak with her about how she sees it or how, yeah, what she thinks is like maybe a little bit weird or she doesn't understand things. Mm. It's really easy for me uh, to look at that through her lens, like how she sees things. Um, And... I move. Well, I just, I've I've been five months postpartum now, so I do a little bit more training. But for me, movement is also a medicine to really connect with my joints, with my body, with my strength, with everything. Mm, And I journey a lot. Mm. I journey just for, if I just have a question or I have have curiosity about how is this or uh, I need more power or anything, I just journey with my rattle, maybe 10, 15 minutes a day. And it's like a deep state of trance. And then I can just like, yeah, get the guidance that I want or need. Um, Oh, and I meditate when I cook. I think that's also for me a very important aspect of being connected to the food. Because, you know, I've been a dietitian. So I love cooking. And then I love being connected to towards what I'm going to eat. Because it's going to be, it's going to send out information to my body. So that's why I really want to prepare it pretty sacred to that I know that, you know, I can yeah, communicate with it. you put all the it. good energy in the food as well, so it nourishes yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also stay aligned with what I eat, because I know that if I am super rushy and not really super aligned, like I could eat anything just to fill mm-hmm. myself up because I need yeah. energy. But if I seek my own alignment, 
in there. For me, it's really important to stick with certain foods, to to prepare them well and to really be with the meal that I'm mm. going to eat. Yeah. Um, because I know the information that comes through is really important for my body. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I do to connect. It's not that I do everything every day. Like I just see like what comes, what, what can I do right now? Mm -hmm. What can I do today to yeah. connect a little bit more? Yeah, but, but it's also me, that yeah. intuitive part yeah. again. And yeah. if you have all these tools in your toolbox, then you can just feel into what you need on that day. Yeah. 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 You said that there's more and more people becoming interested in shamanism. I think both Michelle and I can uh, definitely attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> but where could people start? Yeah, I always, because I don't know what kind of journey they've been or like where they are in their process at the moment. So I would always say, just follow your intuition. You know, if you're being, being called to listening to more podcasts, then do that. If you're being called to do a... A basic course in shamanism then do that if you want to read books then go google books about shamanism and pick yours right so i would always say just follow your your heart and follow your interest and your excitement because that's where the joy co comes and that's how you can really develop more uh, into this world um, but i would definitely if people feel if people feel that they're being called to shamanism just go explore because i know like a lot of people will come home into shamanism Mm. Yeah, that's why it's really important now also, because we're in such a big shift in this whole humanity um, on Earth right now. And that's oh, why yeah. <laughs> we need more uh, people that um, are being connected to their essence, being connected to source in, you know, work from out their alignment. And I think shamanism is a very powerful way of living to be more connected, to be more aligned. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all this beautiful wisdom with us. And uh, there's so much more, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's so much more. And, and what I also want to say is that it's not that how I see shamanism, that that, that is the way. Mm. It's just one of many, many visions about how we all see this mm. world into being. So um, it's not that it's set in stone, everything that I say is how I perceive my reality. <laughs> And if people want to learn more from you, about you, or maybe come for a shamanic soul session, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, Instagram, at Sarai Pannekoek, uh, or they can go to my website, but my website now is not, well, it's, it's being changed. Like I'm going to this whole rebranding thing, uh, um, but go... Uh, yeah, check out Instagram. Uh, don't send me a private message because I get them a lot. And like, I would just like read it, but not respond it because it's too much. Mm. But uh, if you want to work with me, you'll find a way. You know how to get in touch with me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one question that we ask at the end of each podcast. What does essence mean to you? Yeah, for me, essence means coming home. It means source. It means where we all come from and um, what we can remind ourselves of connecting to our essence that is why we are here hmm. beautiful beautiful yeah <laughs> thank you you're welcome <laughs> thank you for yeah inviting me yeah, <laughs> yeah we loved it thanks thank you <laughs>